0: You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. It's that time already. You know, the clock in this studio is off. It has been for like the last few days, and it's usually off by like hours. Now it's only off by like a few minutes, which is actually way more of a problem, right? Like when you look up at the clock and it says 2.30, all right, you know the clock is wrong. But when it's just off by five minutes, you don't know you think that that might actually be the time, but no, it is uh, 5 o'clock, so away we go. Off and running on this Thursday, December 5th. Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Whole lots to run to. A run through, I should say. 60 minutes to run through it all. So, of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. Uh, I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is up for today. We will get to uh, that in a little bit. Fantastic response to the poll question yesterday. So thanks all of you who uh, voted in it. Really a devil's bargain yesterday, which was um if you were given an NFL team and you had to have one of the previous two coaches for either the Jets and Giants, which one would you have? And I got to say – I can understand some of the arguments made for Todd Bowles. The fact that any of those four options got close to fifty percent, never mind over fifty percent, is just absolutely crazy to me. People, Todd Bowles, who won, and won, I think he had fifty-five or fifty-four percent, was not a good head coach. And he got multiple years to prove it. Now I get it, he did not have the greatest roster in the world. No one else either on the list was any good, but I thought it was crazy. The thing that uh, stood out to me more than anything. A, that Pat Shermer got some votes and B, that Todd Bowles got more than 50%. That is nutso stuff, but we'll get to today's poll question in a minute. Lots of stuff on the docket today. The Mets being sold, the Yankees selling themselves on Garrett Cole. I'll have my official review of the Irishman and I will just, I'll just preface it by saying I've seen a lot of people have reviewed it. I see that some people. Actually expect it to be nominated for Academy Awards. and I would just say, a lot of you have a lot of explaining to do because it was not good. Let's just put that a thumbs up, thumbs down. Woof. Uh, Eli Manning, back at quarterback for the Giants. What time, what day is it? We have the moment of inspiration to come today. So lots of things. And sometimes I miss things, right? With the amount of time that we have on this show, sometimes you just don't get to get to certain things that you'd like to. They're a little far afield. So I do have to touch on – I know it was a big topic on the station yesterday about the Rockets and Spurs game and the grievance that the Rockets have after James Harden dunk was not counted. So I do have to touch on – just when you think the Rockets can't look any more ridiculous, we'll get to that. But let's start with the Mets, right? I realize I'm probably tanking my own show but by doing this, but it's an important story and it's a story that interests me. And that's generally how I come up with what I think most people do, right? It's not just what's the big story. Does it interest you as well? There's plenty of big stories that don't interest me at all, so I stay away from them. So you get the news yesterday that the Wilpons and billionaire Steve Cohen are negotiating an agreement which Cohen would uh, – basically take over control of the Mets. I think it was up to about 80% that originally, the first part of it, he would increase to just over eighty, uh, over 50 and then eventually get up to 80%. That according to the initial report, Fred Wilpom will remain the control person and CEO for five years, and that Jeff Wilpom will remain the COO for that five-year period as well. I got to be honest, the first time I read that tweet by Ken Rosenthal of MLB Network, I thought to myself, wait a sec, does that mean... That there's 10 years? Because that would really be crazy. The five years is pretty nuts as well. Here is a Jeff Passan yesterday talking on the Michael Kay Show about the, the decision by the Mets to make this move now. Here's Passan.
1: I think that Fred's age had a lot to do with it. I think, as, as Joel Sherman said, the succession plan had a lot to do with it. Um you know, the idea of Jeff Wilpon running the New York Mets was not entirely palatable to a number of family members involved. And I don't know if you guys do watch Succession on HBO. It is a great show. And, it really is. Uh, you know, some, some of the things that were at play with the New York Mets are at play with the Roy family, only that's fiction and this is reality. And it is the best thing that could have happened for New York Mets fans who have been waiting for this day for what seems like decades now.
0: Yeah, it has seemed like a very long time that the Mets especially since everything took place with uh, Bernie Madoff and all those stories that we know now know. Uh, Here's passing on what the sale of the Mets will mean for fans.
1: The idea of Jeff Wilpon running the New York Mets was not entirely palatable to a number of family members involved.
0: right, so is that the same cut as the original? Alright, so that's the same thing. Okay, so Steve Cohen, you've seen the reports, he's, he's worth, what is it, $9 billion, he would be the richest owner in baseball, and I think that there will be a time when this story is about Steve Cohen, but right now, Steve Cohen could be basically any billionaire who has enough money to buy a baseball team, the story's really not about him yet. We don't know when he's going to take over. We have to wait for him to get approved. So at some point, the story will be about him. To me, right now, the story is about the Wilpons. It's great that everybody's trying to tell you Steve Cohen's going to run the team like this, or he's going to break the bank, he's going to run the team like that, he's so rich. Maybe. Maybe. I would think the fact that he's a financial guy, there would be a greater focus on, you know, analytics, getting that up uh, and really running like it should, like a a professional team would have it. That research and development is going to be much a greater focus, that they'll be, you know, looking to solve old problems in new ways, forward thinking that is actually focused on results. That has not been the case with the Mets for some time, but there'll be plenty of time for that when we have actual evidence more so than uh, what is it bobby axelrod from billions i mean the amount of billions the, the best thing that happened yesterday was advertising for the show billions because everybody is saying it and pointing out that the steve uh, steve cohen was the uh, inspiration for bobby axelrod's character on the show on uh, showtime which uh, i got to be honest was not uh, was not really up my alley to me this story right now is more about the will ponds And it is, it's clear, it has been clear for some time, it's never been more clear than right now, that once the Madoff story broke, they should have been forced by Major League Baseball to sell the team. They have not operated like a professional sports team in the biggest market in the country since that happened. Now, you can make the argument they weren't operating that way before. But certainly since then, it has been outlandish the lengths that they have gone to to hold on to control of a team that they just didn't have the resources, apparently, to operate properly. And that's bad on Major League Baseball. For years, people in the media would tell you, oh, this is the year the Mets are going to spend well, you know what, they just have to get through this, they just have to get through that, and then they're going to spend. Yes, the Madoff stuff, set it back, but that's not really going to impact them long-term. You've heard that a thousand times. And I would just simply say to you, remember the names of those people that said that, and then take what they say in the future with a bit of a grain of salt. Because what we now know, and what we, I think a lot of us, including myself, were doubtful at the time about, was whether or not that time was ever going to come. And I think now that we're as far away from that Madoff stuff as, as we ha- are, they were never going to spend. They were never going to spend like a, a major league team in New York City should be. And it's funny to me, a lot of those people who were some of the biggest defenders about the Wilpon spending habits are the same ones as soon as this news came down. Hey, great day! Wait a second, you were the one telling me not that long ago that it wasn't no, the money's gonna be there, you don't have to do the you don't have to spend like that. It's a good day for Met fans. I'm not gonna tell you not to get excited. There's a lot of things I tell you not to get this is something that absolutely you should be excited about. Now we don't know that much really about how Steve Cohen's gonna run the team or when he's gonna take the team over. It seems crazy to me that uh, (laughs) it's gonna take five years. So what you're telling me is that it's going to take as long as it will for Robinson's Cano contract to come off the books. It's going to take that long. That's going to be a very, very long time. It's been hard to take the Mets seriously for a while, despite having some good players, right? They're not, they're not an organization that's completely inept. They have some really good pieces in place. And if Steve Cohen is able to come on board and hire the right people, I think there's a real good chance that the Mets are, are playing for World Series titles before too long. But this story to me is mostly about the Wilpons at this point. And so I would say congratulations to the Met fans who have waited. I wouldn't even say waited for this because this is not something you could wait for. This is something you dream about. This is something you are hoping would eventually happen. It was not something that you could say that you were waiting on because we didn't know if this would. It certainly seemed like that at some point Fred was going to hand off the reins to uh, Jeff Wilpon. And that that would be the person running the show, which, I mean, talk. I don't know if this is going to be the best person to take over, but it certainly feels like that would have been the worst person to take over. So it's a huge gap from where you thought you were going to be to where it now looks like you are going to be. You know, the other crazy thing to me about this, and I don't know how the whole process will play out about getting approval and all these things, and you hear some stories about uh, Steve Cohen's background with his hedge fund and the fact that he was being uh, – Investigated, I guess, uh, about some of the practices of that. I, I can't really get into it. You know what? It's always weird to me, and maybe it's weird to you too. The idea of insider trading—like, anytime somebody explains to me what insider what happened in this insider trading case, I always feel like, well, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Like, yeah, you through your hard work found out this information, and you benefited from that in terms of uh, the markets or financial decisions. It always seems strange to me. I always thought that that's what you're supposed to do. So I'm not gonna. I don't really care so much about that. But you know what it is kind of weird to me. You ever hear Mark Cuban talk about how he wanted to buy the Cubs? He's talked about it a thousand times. And what the thing that he always brings up was, well, well, baseball wouldn't let me buy in because they were concerned that I was going to go in there and just start spending money all over the place, and they didn't want that. So was that story just BS? Because it seems like it would have to be BS. If you're saying that Steve Cohen's going to come in here and be the richest owner in baseball, which he would be, and that he's going to shoot the locks off the wallet and he's going to go out and sign this guy and that guy, which I don't know, I guess it's possible. But then that would mean that Mark Cuban's story is is, is completely made up, right? All right. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. 3776 right. Some Mets fans want to um, get in on this. So let's uh, – let's, uh, Let's get on board here, right? One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the phone number. Let's go out to. Let's hear. Billy is in Staten Island. Billy, what's going on, my man? Hey, good morning, Dan. What's up? Uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. So, I when this news first broke, I was kind
1: of initially confused about it because, you know, right when you're an eighty percent majority owner of this, usually you're the one who can pick and choose who you want in your company. Right. So, for me, I I was kind of confused, like, because if it's over five years, is it that he's assuming more and more of a majority stake over those five years?
0: I think that that, percent? yeah, that it will be eventually ramp up to where he gets to 80%. I don't know if it's going to take five years for him to do that. And I would think that the – I see it seems like everybody who has kind of uh, looked at this story and reported on the story does not think that it would take him five years to really take control, right? Like, if you're spending exactly. that amount of money – Even if you are not necessarily the majority stakeholder, the fact that you're going to be and you got the money there, that you're going to be able to influence things, even if you don't have the title.
1: Now, I also have a question. Could he if he's assuming this position as owner and all that, theoretically, he can inject as much money as he wants into the team because he is the one writing the checks now.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not so sure I'm not so sure about how that breaks down, Billy. That's more of a technical thing for baseball. Uh but in terms of I would think that he would be able to invest things and make it clear of what he wants done and just the fact that he is spending all this money I I would find it hard for him far hard to believe and I think most people would that you're going to spend all this money and then you're just going to sit back and be like, "Well, okay, especially considering how poorly the, the, the ponds have done here. And how poorly they have run the show in, in terms of financials. So I would think that. I don't know that he's necessarily going to. I think there's a lot of things that have to still be decided. And if it's the ponds, it would still kind of concern me a little bit as a fan. Because I feel like things are a little shady there. So I'm not going to tell you to start throwing parades just yet. But yeah, I would think that he is going to make it clear what he wants done. And maybe it does not impact them this off season, but I think before too long, he's going to have a say in and 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 the moves that the team makes and uh, and who's running the show. All right, let's go to uh, Jay uh, on Long Island. Oh, Jay, Jay chopped. All right, uh, let's see here. Let's go to um, we'll go to Mark in South Jersey. Mark, what's going on, my man?
2: Hey, how you doing, Gordon? Mark, what's up, man? So uh, the two questions I have with regards to it is that did the Mets uh, lose out with regards to trading Zach Wheeler before he goes to the Phillies, including the fact that everybody talked about Joe Girardi coming over and then he goes to the Phillies. Uh, I saw how it worked out, like everybody else did when they signed Bryce Harper. But does that move now free up somewhere where we can actually look for a third starting pitcher behind the ground and guard Or you yeah, know, I, I don't get the
0: close, sen- like I, I, I don't get the sense that this this, this- call here and him buying the team is going to impact things that quickly. Now, I don't think it's going to take five years, but I don't know necessarily that it's going to impact them in terms of free agency this year. Uh, I think that that would be kind of uh, quick. I, I guess it wouldn't be crazy. We'll have to see how it plays out, but I would not think that. Uh, that all of a sudden now the Mets are going to shoot the locks off the wallet and go out there and spend like... Uh, I, I would not ex- uh, be expecting any Garrett Cole pr- uh, press conferences in Flushing. <laughs> I
2: mean, listen, we can hope. But the, I guess the, the point of it is, is that we traded Vargas to the face. As I said, Girardi goes there. We wanted him to come to New York, of course, uh, on the other side. And now you have uh, what I guess really was our third pitcher, fourth pitcher where Vargas left. Uh, he's going to the Phillies. So all this interdivision... Uh, situation that is happening. I don't remember it going the opposite way when Phillies came over to uh, to the Mets, but it seems like if the Phillies wanted to be better than you, uh, do you base those moves on that once the 2020 season is, uh, is underway? Or is it too early to tell?
0: Yeah, I think it's a little too early to I mean, I kind of went through what I thought of Wheeler as a free agent uh, yesterday. I think he has obviously a very high ceiling. Uh, but he also has a very low floor. I mean, this is you're basically, if you're the Phillies, spending $24 million for a guy who does have ace-like stuff. I'm not going to tell you, but he's never pitched like an ace over a full season. And he'll be 30 next season. He has a history of elbow issues in the past with the Tommy John, but more importantly, dealt with a shoulder issue last year. And while it might seem like, all right, hey, an elbow, it's a shoulder. No, shoulders are are much more impactful. Like, guys, while the elbow is bad, most guys at this point come back from the elbow. Shoulders, most guys, or a lot of guys, don't come back from. So if it were me, and I was going out there to spend money in free agency looking for a pitcher, Zach Wheeler probably would not be the guy that I would go out and get. Now, if he had signed with the Astros, given their history of being able to uncover undervalued things and undervalued players and bring them in and get more out of them than other people did, a la Garrett Cole, that might worry me. The fact that he went to the Phillies, I'm like, eh, I'm okay. To me, if you're a Met fan and you see Zach Wheeler leave, it's not so much, I mean, you had kind of expect that, right? You knew that once he got to free agency, it's that A, you could have avoided that before now, because once he got to free agency, you knew he wasn't going to be back there, and B, the Mets were, this is really the thing that kind of ties back to the Wilpons. They were never in the ballpark. They were never in the parking lot of the ballpark. They were never in the same state as where the ballpark is located. They were not run like a professional team in the New York market. I mean, how many years now in a row have we heard about, even going back to Sandy Alderson when he was here, well, we'd like to add this, but we'd have to subtract this first. You're playing in New York. You have your own stadium, you have your own network. Act like it. Now back to the Gordon Damer show on 98.7 ESPN. Our poll question. I didn't even mention it because we're, uh, this, this, this clock is, uh, messing me all up. My game is not that fine tuned that I can, if one little thing out of place and all of a sudden I'm, uh, falling, uh, butt over tea kettles, as they say. Our poll question. Yesterday, great response. Hopefully we get another good response today. It simply is. Really, who do you think Last longer in their job. And the poll question is, who gets fired first? Is it A, Pat Shermer? Or is it B, David Fisdale? Ooh, Clash of the Titans. Their games are not very competitive. But this battle, I feel like, is going to go right down to the wire. Will it be Pat Shermer or will it be David Fisdale? And the Knicks are back in action tonight, right? I think they play tonight. I think they play the Nuggets, right? all the games are starting to run a run together, right? The this, this season is starting to uh, get out of control. The Knicks are where they're at right now, worse this year at this point than they were last year. And I don't think again, much like yesterday's poll question, I think you could have made the case for basically anybody except Pat Shermer. This one, I can see you going either way. You would have to say that more than likely Pat Shermer will make it to the end of the season. Like, I think it would be a mild upset if the Giants came out before that. Maybe with a week to go, they would announce, hey, you know what, Pat Shermer is not going to be back. But I think that he likely has a month. Not sure if David Fisdale has got a month. I would think for David Fisdale, if he were, if he is interested in keeping his job, figure out a way to win games immediately. Immediately. Because I don't think if things keep going like they have in the past month to the next month, I don't think that he's going to stick around. I have checked with sources. These sources are a uh, tuna sandwich that I ate yesterday. The tuna sandwich looked at me and said, yeah, I think he's going to get fired. The voices in my head have told me that David Fisdale is not going to be lasting very long. So you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. We've been talking a lot about the Mets this morning and uh, everything that's going on with them. The news yesterday about Steve Cohen buying or at least negotiating to buy the New York Mets and uh, how long that will take. I don't think it would be five years from just your own common sense, right? Like, why would you spend all this money? Maybe there is something that he wants to get up to speed. So it'll take a little period of time before he feels comfortable taking over and running all the different things that are required in a Major League Baseball team. I think at this point you might be able to question whether the Wilpons need some time to get up and and, and run a Major League Baseball team and know all the things that go on there. So we've been talking about the Mets at 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. I did want to just touch on uh, Garrett Cole quickly here before we head back out to the phones because there was a report yesterday, and maybe this is all just smoke and mirrors and and who knows what's real and what's not real, but there was that report yesterday, I think it was from Jeff Passan, that, location isn't necessarily the most important thing, that there's not a West Coast bias for Garrett Cole, and it would seem like that's just a smart thing to say, right? If you do have a West Coast bias and you want to go to one of the West Coast teams, well, it helps you to say, hey, I have no real preference just to get the Yankees in the mix because it does seem like, and again, long way to go, who knows how this thing will turn out, it does seem like for the first time in a long time, The Yankees are ready to cut the check and go out and pay whatever it will cost to get this guy. It makes sense. It's the perfect fit based on not just where the Yankees are at, where this guy is at. And as we brought up yesterday, look at all the the pitchers who are available in free agency the next few years. There are not many people like Garrett Cole to begin with. But you take a look at that list. I don't think that there's one guy on that list you would say when you sign him will be a number 1 ace-like guy. Maybe by the time it takes place that... uh, I think it's two years for Syndergaard. Maybe he gets his career turned around. I don't know. Mike Fultonavich, maybe. But I'd rather have the guy right now and I have to overspend in terms of cost per year. Okay, fine. If it means I have to go an extra year, okay, fine. The Yankees are win now. They have to act like they are win now. And I'll be honest... Going into free agency, I did not, I was not very hopeful, right? I said that, that I did not expect the Yankees were going to get Garrett Cole. I don't want to say this out loud and jinx it, but I'm starting to get a little hopeful, but just keep that under your hat. There's only like nine people that listen to us in the morning, so I feel like I can share it with you nine, but don't tell anybody else, okay? So I'm starting to get a little hopeful. Maybe it'll turn out to be wrong. And I, you know what, the one thing about this, the report about him wanting to be, go to a winning situation and be known as the best pitcher of his generation. Those are the things that apparently are, are the most important to him. Well, I guess the Angels are out then, right? Like the Angels would have to be out of the mix because if you're talking about what, well, there's a long way you have to go, even if you're willing to spend the most money before winning is, is almost guaranteed. Like if Garrett Cole goes to the Astros, winning's pretty much guaranteed. Maybe not winning a World Series, but certainly you know you're going to be in the mix. If you go to the Dodgers, who I would think right now, even though there's not been a lot of mention, it doesn't seem like they have the appetite to go out and sign a guy like that, they would probably have to be, outside of the Astros, the greatest competitor. Because they have the money to spend. They could certainly put together, a. a, they're in California, they have everything in the mix for them. So uh, I would think the Yankees have to be in that mix, and it looks like, at least for right now, that they are. All right, one eight hundred nine one nine ESPN, one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll get to the Jets and Giants stuff. We'll get to the Irishman review, which is uh, bubbling up as I think about it even more. The amount of time that I wasted on that movie. But let's get back to the phones. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. Here is uh, Jimmy in Queens. Jimmy, what's going on, my man?
3: Hey, good, uh, happy holidays, buddy. Thanks. Listen, I I gotta ask you something, Glenn, and I'm only asking because I don't know. Okay. Um, with all this cheating thing with the Astros and everything, let's say they start handing out year suspensions and stuff yep. and Beltran and Beltran's involved who's managing this team did anybody think of of the guy that's going to replace Beltran if he's involved with this cheating thing and gets handed a suspension Hensley I mean, Bam
0: Bam Mulins have you been uh, introduced to Hensley Bam Bam Mulins because I, th- I tell you Gordon I, I this team I
3: tell you it's always something I, I mean I love I love the personnel that they're bringing in I love this kid Alonzo and McNeil and everybody but I'll be honest with you it's just run so badly. And and, and as far as Coles and the Yankees, you watch. you will be wearing a Yankee uniform. He wants oh, to be in the playoffs every year. He's your to
0: lips them. to God's. Well, look, I mean, I think any of the teams that are – look, I, there's some teams that are mentioned, the Rangers, the Angels. Right. If he goes there, I think that that's a mistake, even if they are offering the most money, because every team is going to be offering a boatload of money. And it would be interesting to see if he actually does turn down, turn down the most money. To, and if it is really important to him to win and be the best pitcher of the generation, I think you have to kind of be in a winning situation uh, to do that. So but in terms of um, the Beltron stuff, uh, we'll see what Major League Baseball does. It doesn't seem like a decision's coming down anytime soon, but no suspensions have to be in the mix. That's the only thing that will serve as a deterrent. Fines don't serve as a deterrent. Taking away draft picks doesn't serve as a deterrent. You have to suspend people. Now I don't think that that Beltron is going to get suspended, or nor should he, like Jeff Lunow or AJ Hinch, those guys should be gone for the year. But should there be a suspension for a player if it is proven like it has been suggested that he's the guy who helped come up with this system? Absolutely. Absolutely, he should be suspended. Here's Jay on Long Island. Jay's back. Jay, what's going on, man? Hey, Gordon. Um,
3: I know we've been down this road before, but I just don't understand why you keep blaming the Will Ponds because they're not spending money. Because the thing is, is in the last five years, the, the Mets been to a World Series, been mm-hmm. to the playoffs. Okay. And what I'm saying is, if you look at all of the national teams, all of the, um, the big teams in New York, right? And I was just sign you up for the for the Knicks to go to a championship game. And make the playoffs in five years? Would you sign up for that? Of course. Okay, the Giants, the Jets. Would you sign up for that? But but, but Jay, they didn't take over.
0: But Jay, they didn't take over in five years. It's not like they've only been running the show for five years. No, but you say you say all the time it's hard to win a championship, correct? Yeah, no, absolutely. But they haven't really. I mean, outside of one year where it was a perfect storm of things coming together. It's they've not, not really been not, in contention for a World Series. No, They have made. Two, they I, have been over 500 three times in the last 11 years. It's great that they went to the World Series once, but that's not a great track record of success. Since 2000, they've made the playoffs three times. Their track record success is basically like the Kansas City Royals. Now, the Royals, you can understand it. They play in Kansas City. They're not going to be players in free agency, and they have to look at and and schedule things perfectly. They got to kind of be bad for a while, restock the farm system, and then as they get good, they have to be able to influx some established talent. So it's very hard. They're working with a very difficult problem to work out. The Mets are operating in New York City, and they're operating like a mom and pop shop. That is always, you know who they operate like? PBS. They operate like PBS. You ever turn on PBS for something and they're, my entire life, PBS has been like they're going out of business. If you don't donate now, we're not going to be able to show you these shows anymore. That's what they operate. My entire life, they've been begging for months. That's how the Mets have operated here. Well, we'd like to be able to add a bullpen arm, but we first have to sell uh, Sally's uh, vase that she made out of this old uh, dishwash liquid container. Billy put together these popsicle sticks and it's now an ashtray. I mean, they don't operate like a team in New York should. They just allowed a guy. And I'm not saying that Zach Wheeler is the be all end all, but they weren't even in the mix. And this is a team that is win now. So come on. It would be one thing if the Mets and and the Wilpons just took over in the last five years. And you could say, okay, look, there's been some down times, but they did go to work. They've owned the team for a long time now. And more times than not, it has not been run well. Even now, this is this is the, the better time than other times. And even now, they're not running it like since the Wilpons stuff happened. Baseball should have forced them to sell and bring in someone else. It's clear. It's never been more clear. It's been clear for a while, but the the, the reaction just to this news, even people who are trying to, to make the case, nah, the, the Wilpons are fine. It's not the case. You, you can see it. Everybody's dancing in the streets. Let's go out to uh, Sal at Aberdeen. Sal, what's going on, man?
3: Yeah, Gordon, I just took my tap shoes off. This is the best news I've heard in, in, in a long, long time. Yeah. This guy, Steve Cohen, I don't know if you know, you know that show Billion? Yes,
0: I brought that up, yep.
3: Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So this guy is is a cutthroat. This guy, my son, works for a wealth management company in Manhattan. He's a manager. It's a $10 billion company. So he's in this field. And it came across the Bloomberg News. That's how big it was. It was breaking news. Oh, yeah, sure. That this guy wanted to be an 80% owner of the, of the Mets. And it, people don't realize that it's not just good for the Mets. It's good for New York baseball. Of this course. Is out of, this is out of, yeah, this is our George Steinbrenner. This is the guy that's going to go out and go the extra mile to make this team relevant. And he grew up in Great Neck. He's a Mets. He, he likes the Mets. Loves the Mets. I mean, it's a it's a win win situation for us. There, there's no. If, I, I'm telling you. I think me and Debbie Duhame, Hames is going to have to go out. With me for a drink because it's
0: time to celebrate. <laughs> well, Sal, I'm going to have to allow you to do that on your own, my friend. I'm not going to serve as wingman. My wingman days uh, are long gone, and they, they weren't all that successful. <laughs> the reason why they were, uh, I wrapped them up early. The one it, look for Met fans, you should be excited, right? This is this is great news for you. But the one thing that I've seen, and and I think it was in the post article. Wow, this is this this news should worry the Yankees. Why would it worry the Yankees? The Yankees are doing what they're doing. Was Steve Co- was there reports of, of bringing Steve Cohen on board? Why would it worry the Yankees? The Yankees are doing Now it's good. I guess the Mets will be more competitive now if it's true this guy goes out and and operates like a like a an owner of a professional sports team in New York should. But let's allow I think that's still to be determined. I know that he's based on the character in billions. I got it. Everybody knows, right? Okay, great. But let's wait for that. To me, this is much more about the will ponds right now and getting them, I don't know if it's five years, I don't think it's that. If it's a year, if it's a year and a half, if it's six months, if it's six minutes, get them out because for for, for Met fans, that's the first thing you got to have because it's clear that that's not working. one eight hundred nine one nine espn 1-800-919-3776. Coming up more of your phone calls. We'll get into the Jets and Giants stuff. We'll get into more of the poll question and the review, the official review of the Irishman. I'll give you that next to it. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: He to the end line. Gives CJ a steal and a save. Damian left-hands it ahead and Carmelo does his work on the open court for the two-hand jam.
0: All right, so there you go. Carmelo Anthony uh, continuing his uh, hot start since uh, getting signed by the Portland Trail Blazers. Blazers won last night, right? Not, I'm not going to lie to you. I was not sitting up last night watching Blazers games. But there you go. Good for Car- Carmelo. A lot of uh, negativity surrounding him the last few years. I would just simply say that I think that the reason why most people thought that he would not find another opportunity was because most people didn't think that he would get the chance to be Carmelo Anthony. Like They thought that he was going to have to kind of shift, that's what I thought, into more of a role player. But the, the Blazers have kind of brought him in and allowed him to be Carmelo Anthony, he's, and he's gone out and played very, very well. So good for him. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to the Blazers, and away you go. This is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. In case you're just joining us on this uh, Thursday morning, our poll question up for today on Twitter simply is, who gets fired first? Who do you think gets uh, handed their walking papers first? Do you think it's going to be Pat Shermer, or do you think it's going to be David Fisdale? Well, I don't know what's going to happen. What I want to happen is for David Fisdale to not go anywhere. The New York Knicks, clearly it's not working. Clearly it's going to have to be completely, not even torn down, in terms of the front office and the coaching. It's going to have to be knocked over. It's not like there's anything that's really been established. There's nothing there that's built. It's a hollowed-out building that you can just kind of push over with your hand. It's like an old shed that's all rotted out in the backyard. A wooden shed that you just push over. So after this season, it's clear you're going to be back in the lottery. So I want to have the best odds, whatever those odds are, 14% of getting the number one pick. Well, it didn't work last time. Okay, maybe it works this time. You're not going anywhere. So am I firing David Fisdale? No. And that does not mean that I think David Fisdale's done a good job. I think he's done a terrible job. But his track record of being terrible... While it's everything that he's done, he hasn't been here that long. Other people have been. And I think that after this season, you're going to have to clear house, bring in somebody who actually knows what they're doing. But in the meantime, I'm not letting anybody. I know that if I keep this trio together, it's going, based on track record, it's going to be terrible. So, David Fisdale, you stay right there, buddy. You're making the money anyway. You keep doing what you're doing. We'll get another nice little high lottery pick and add some talent once again. And hopefully, after this season, David Fisdale will be gone. But more importantly, sorry, Scott Perry, you're out the door. And especially Steve Mills, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Because uh, there's time There's time to move on. And it's clear. It's It's already clear right now. But certainly after this year, when you have another high lottery pick, that is definitely the time to move on. Speaking of bad things. I've kind of hinted around about it what has everybody been talking about lately in terms of entertainment no not just the show billions who did you hear the the Steve Cohen is the inspiration I don't know if anybody's heard I've heard it a lot lately interesting no what the thing everybody's talking about is the movie the Irishman when you first heard that this there was going to be this movie called the Irishman Martin Scorsese Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, the the star-studded list of people in this movie. Wow, this is going to be, and just, it's a mob drama, it's Scorsese, it's Pacino, it's Pesci, it's De Niro. This is, go- can't miss, can't miss. And when the previews first came out, you're thinking to yourself, man, th- I can't wait for this. I can't wait to get my hands on this. This is going to be like another Goodfellas or even a casino. Casino is a fantastic movie. It doesn't live up to Goodfellas. Goodfellas might very well be the greatest movie of all time. It's certainly in the argument. Well, now that we've gotten to see the movie, and maybe you're still making your way through it, so I won't spoil anything for you outside of the fact that it is terrible. It's not pretty good, it's not great. It's bad. It's a bad movie, and if anybody, if you were not told ahead of time that this was directed by Martin Scorsese, nobody anywhere would be trying to tell you it was a good movie. It's not. And the first thing people will point out is that the movie's too long. I think it's over three hours, and it will take you probably a, if you're if you unless you are a shut in with Netflix. It's going to probably take you more than one sitting, which is not an ideal way to watch any movie. But I'm a big believer that no good movie can be too long and no bad movie can be too short. So, no, the biggest problem that I had with the movie was not that it's too long. It's that Robert De Niro is way too old to be playing the main character. The main character is supposed to be, I don't know, what, 35 years old? Robert De Niro is 76. That's the main problem. Your suspension of disbelief in watching a movie is shattered. No amount of flex seal in the world is going to be able to put your shattered disbelief back on track. It's shattered from the first scene. And one of the stories coming in when you saw and read reviews that, well, they got these computer technology where they're going to be able to make these people look much, much younger. Well, I would say much, much younger, no. I think that they did do a good... I don't know what Joe Pesci actually looks like right now, but he looked like... he looked fine. There was no scene that I saw Joe Pesci and said, wow, it looks... Robert De Niro looks ridiculous at the beginning of the movie, especially, but throughout the movie... And it's not just the way he looks in the movie. It's how he moves. He moves like a 76-year-old man. God bless him. He's a great actor, has been a great actor. And if this role was designed for somebody who was 76 or at least maybe 56, I'd say, all right, maybe, maybe. But some of the scenes are ridiculous. You can't get past it. There's a fight scene early on. It is laughable. If it were on Saturday Night Live, it would go viral immediately. It looks ridiculous. He looks like a 76 year old man trying to beat somebody up. They talk about the great acting in the movie. The guy who was on the, the guy who's getting beaten up, that guy is acting his heart out, but it's not going to make a bit of difference. They gave him contact lenses, I think, or did something to De Niro's eyes to make them look blue. He looks like he's got cataracts, he looks like he's going blind. He looks like a white walker. It's terrible. You can't avoid it. He's the main character in the movie. He's supposed to be like 35, 40 years old. There's a scene where he's throwing away a gun in a river and he has to step on these rocks. I was concerned he was going to break a hip. It's I mean, you cannot get past it. There's a scene where he's walking in the house. He walks in like he's a 75-year-old man. There's a scene early on where he's in the army. Oh, my God. It looked terrible. It looked terrible. Awful. I've also heard, while well, the acting. It's just fantastic. Well, Pesci's fantastic. But that's, I think, mainly because most of his scenes he doesn't really move. He's just sitting still. And he is understated. He is much more understated than some, some Pesci roles that you've seen where he's very frenetic and very uh, high uh, energy and stuff like that. So great. Yeah. Obviously, Joe Pesci's a great actor. And I'm sure in certain scenarios, Robert De Niro, not this one, but Robert De Niro is a great actor. I think we've had, we talk about like the evidence of bad teams or bad players or bad coaches. I think the evidence is in at this point. Al Pacino is no longer a great actor. He plays Jimmy Hoffa in the movie. He, he sounds like he was still in a Woman. I kept waiting for Jimmy Hoffa to give me a hoo It's it, He's not good. He's doing the same thing time and time again. It's not about him sinking into the character and changing. You know, he's doing the same thing. And yes, the story is too long. But for the people who would tell you, no, you don't know what you're talking about. It's a great movie. Okay, I'll tell you what. Give me the scene. Give me the scene that you say, you know what? This scene is unbelievable. We've never, nothing like this. Goodfellas, it's one scene after another. Classic scenes where if you come home at two o'clock in the morning, you got to get up for work the next day, but you happen to turn on the TV, you flip around, and you see Goodfellas on, you say, oh, you know what? I'll just watch until this point. I'll just watch until Carbone is sitting in the uh, the, the meat truck or until uh, I'm funny how, how am I funny? Or until he goes to Paulie, or uh, all these different things. The Lucky Hat. That's a great movie. Casino, same thing. Maybe not as good as Goodfellas, but there's scenes where you say, ah, you know what, I'll just watch until this. I'll just watch until Pesci gets with Sharon Stone. There's a thousand scenes. This movie, there's no scenes. It's not a good movie. In fact, it's a bad movie. It's terrible. And if anybody else were involved, if somehow they could have... Forget about Robert De Niro. I think they needed Robot De Niro. That's who they needed in this movie. They needed to create a cyborg who looked like Robert De Niro 35 years ago. But if anybody else were associated with this movie, uh, people can tell you what they want. People who are movie reviewers, I'm sure they have to have relationships and they don't want to burn bridges with people and give a bad review. I got no relationships. I can tell you exactly how it is. And how it is, is it's bad. It's a bad movie. Now back to The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. I, at least uh, I feel like some people uh, – I, I feel like I've gotten a burden off my chest with the Irishman because uh, I, I, I went into it. I was so looking forward to it, and boy, oh, boy, what a letdown. And I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes, critics have it at 97. The audience has it at 86 approval. I, I can't get over what people are talking about. I can't, I can't imagine – Dan Carbonaro tweets me, watch The Irishman, people. It's a fun three and a half hours. Fun. Fun. That is not the word. It's a slog. It is a slog. And I would simply say, what's the amazing scene? What's the incredible scene that you've not seen uh, in other movies? What that that great, oh my goodness, when the movie. Now, I'll say this. The last hour kind of picks it up and at least makes it salvageable. But no, it's not a great movie. Not a great movie. All right, so uh, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Our poll question up for today. Who gets fired first? And at least at 5, what is it, 5.50 right now? Uh, neither one has been fired. Neither Pat Shermer nor David Fisdale. But you want to get in on this poll question before Golik and Wingo wraps up because uh, there's a very good possibility at least one of them has gone before then. So you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, uh, at Gordon Damer. I did want to touch on uh, the Eli Manning stuff because uh, – you get the news yesterday, Daniel Jones is not going to be able to make it Monday night. Whether or not he plays again because of the high ankle sprain remains to be seen. I would I would think that it would be good for him to get back in there. I know people will say maybe just keep him out for the rest of the season, allow Eli Manning to ride it out. Well, this is kind of like what Darnold went through last year. Remember Darnold had that foot injury, was playing really poorly. He got a few – I think it was three games to sit out, rest up, maybe kind of catch his breath. You know, we bring up the rookie wall in all these other sports. We never seem to bring it up in football. Maybe with all the things that goes into being a rookie quarterback, maybe that's also happening because things for Daniel Jones, while there's been moments in each game, I would say where you see throws that you like, overall, the performance has been kind of trailing off. It's kind of been going in the wrong direction. So maybe this chance to kind of sit out, maybe a game or two, hopefully he's able to get back before the season's over because I thought the most impressive thing that maybe he's done all year was that this dude was taking a beating back there and was standing in there and still making some throws are there things he needs to work on yeah of course he's a rookie quarterback but overall I thought he was having a uh a, you know a C plus kind of rookie season and now the high ankle sprain who knows how, whether or not he's going to get back in there for Eli I think I agree most people that you know good for him that he gets the chance to play at least one more game maybe he gets the chance to play all of them and I think it'll be good for him before the game starts. It'll be good for fans before the game starts, especially if he's able to play against the Dolphins and, and get the, the home field uh, crowd to cheer for him one last time. I'm not so sure it's going to be good for anybody, but once the game actually starts, because um, it's not going to probably go well. Maybe he wins a game or two, and it'll be interesting. I wonder if Giant fans would rather have him win out and go off on a high note, assuming he retires, or if they'd rather lose out and get that second pick overall. And who knows, maybe even the first pick. Maybe even the first pick. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, Let's go to uh, John in Long Island. John, go, my man, quickly.
3: Hey, Gordon, how are you?
1: Um, yeah, I just wanted to ask you a quick question. With, uh, with maybe the suspensions coming down from the Astros, how do the Yankees feel about going after not knowing what's going to happen?
0: Going after what? Cole? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think it impacts them and their interest in Cole in any way. Now, I don't think it will impact Cole's decision in any way either because he's going to have to uh, make a decision before. It certainly seems like Major League Baseball is going to come down with a decision. So I don't think the uh, suspensions or possible suspensions or discipline, whatever form it comes in, is going to affect him in any way. D in Queens. D, go, my man, quick. What's going on? Yo, that movie was awful. Like he railed against the Marvel people, but he should have contacted them cuz the CGI
3: was terrible, like New York sports, straight wow. up and down.
0: Hey, all right, I look, I can't uh, disagree with you. I the, the uh, Martin Scorsese has kind of come out and said that the Marvel movies are not really movies because and he's not wrong there. There's no stakes in the Marvel movies. There's nothing that's really you they're all kind of the same movie. Now, sometimes you like what well, I love watching the same movies time and time again. But that doesn't necessarily just because they're enjoyable doesn't make them great movies. So I don't disagree with them on that. I do disagree with them on the uh, Irishman because that was, oof, that was a slog to get through that thing. You kept waiting for, all right, it's going to start to pick up here. They're going to start playing an Eric Clapton song before too long, and it's really going to hit. No, it really, never did. All right, you know what else has not hit a high note? This show. It's over with already, people. It runs we run through it this quickly every single day. It's always it comes as a surprise to me. Please vote on the poll question. We'll be back tomorrow. Starting at five. We'll see you then. Ninety eight point seven FM ESPN New York.
1: This is the Gordon Damer Show on ninety-eight point seven ESPN.